This week's edition of Charter School Conversations is going to be a crossover to our sister podcast, Climbing the Hill. Climbing the Hill covers the Utah legislative session and how bills and new laws are going to be affecting your charter school. So we hope that you enjoy this jump over to find out what has happened in the last week of the Utah legislature. Utah's legislative session is a fast-paced 45 days up on Capitol Hill. There's a lot going on, and Royce Van Tassel, Executive Director of the Utah Association of Public Charter Schools, is right in the thick of it. He'll keep us up to date on the issues that affect education. I'm Gina James. Let's start climbing the hill. Hello, it is Wednesday, March 2nd, and I am here for an early legislative update with Royce Van Tassel, Executive Director of the Utah Association of Public Charter Schools. Hi, Royce. So good to be here. This is going to be, I think, our last edition for the uh, the session, so um, exciting. Well, it is exciting. So what are we excited about? <laughs> well, um, I think public education did really, really well uh, with the budget. Um, I've talked before that uh, the floor for public ed- for uh, the increases in the value of the WPU would be 5%. Um, the legislature exceeded that floor. Um, they're going to uh, give us a 6% increase in the value of the WPU. We will also see a 7% increase in the value of the local replacement fund. And then we're, so those are ongoing funds, uh, sort of the basis on which you're going to build most of your budget. Uh, We will also see a lot of money, about $250 million that will go into several different pots um, on a one-time basis to public education. There will be a little over $60 million for schools to provide professional development, up to four additional days of uh, paid professional development for your teachers, your counselors, and so forth. Uh, So that's pretty exciting. We are also looking at an increase to close the two-year lag on our local replacement formula. That will translate into about an additional $50 per student, uh, something we've been working at for several years. Thrilled to see that finally come to fruition. We're only halfway there, but we are halfway there, so that's exciting. We will see on a one-time basis a little over $90 million distributed to all school districts and charter schools um, that school that we can all use for uh, capital and for our technology. Again, that's one-time money, um, not something you want to try and pay anybody with, but uh, to pay for uh, preparation for your all-day kindergarten, which is probably coming, not this year, but it's it's coming. Um, if you need to fix your roof or uh, put new macadam down on the playground outside, this is a good time to be able to use some of the money for that. We will also see uh, a significant expansion in the, the optional extended day kindergarten. So although uh, it looked like we were going to have a mandatory full day kindergarten uh, statewide, Some changes uh, late last week became clear that uh, what we could afford this year was a $12 million expansion in the uh, optional extended day kindergarten. Now, as I've said, uh, it looks like we will uh, have that full day kindergarten coming to a school near you um, in the next couple, three years. 
And so it's probably worth taking some time and saying, what is that going to look like for us um, in my building? Do I need to alter some classrooms? And what does that look like? Uh, What are my parents going to want? What do I need in terms of additional staffing? Um, And so that $12 million that is expanding the uh, optional extended day kindergarten is an opportunity for you to go and say, let's let's test this and see what that's going to look like. Now with that OEK expansion and what we're seeing coming up down the road, all day kindergarten is not going to need to be the only option at the school, correct? They can still have offerings of half-day kindergarten. Absolutely. Okay. The expectation is that uh, when this becomes required, you'll have to offer it, have at least one section, but um, it's not expected that every kindergarten class is going to become all day. Some okay. parents are not going to want that. And that was tied to HB 193, correct, correct what we've been yes. talking about. Okay. I want to back up just a second and find out how the $90 million of one-time money is going to be distributed. Sure. So uh, roughly 12% of that is going to go to charter schools. And then um, among the charter schools, we'll have a base. Every school is going to get about a base of somewhere between twenty dollars and $25,000. And then um, with all of the remaining money, which is going to be about 80% of that, um, it'll be just distributed on a per student basis. So you'll get, you know, if you're um, a large school, you've got a couple thousand students, then you're going to get a lot more than say C.S. Lewis, uh, where I used to be on the board that only has 300, 325 students. But um, it's designed to be proportional, uh, make sure everybody's got a minimum amount, but uh, distribute it then on a per student basis. All right. And then is it in statute that it has to be spent on capital or technology? It does say that, yes. Okay. And then what's the reporting requirement going to be on that? You're going to have to say we spent it this way. There isn't an expectation that they're going to come and and double check that, but you're going to send a report that says, hey, I bought a new roof or I bought um, some macadam and and that'll be the end of it. Okay. But no like pre-approvals or anything? No, 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 no. Just here's some money. How'd you spend it? Yep. Great. All right. What else do we have um, as far as funding? Well, those are the, I think, the big pots uh, that we're looking at. Last year, the legislature, as part of COVID and the fact that all of these restrictions that we put on dollars don't really get along well with COVID world, uh, they said you can take up to 35% of your uh, restricted state-restricted funds and use them however. Now, you're not uh, losing any obligations to meet the needs of your students where they are. Um, You're just getting flexibility on how you can meet those needs. The legislature in the base budget extended that for an additional two years. Um, So for the the next two fiscal years upcoming, you'll be able to to do that. Um, So that's a great uh, thing. I hope that we're all looking and saying, hey, let's think of a new tune that might work better for my kids than the one that's been dictated to me from on high. So I expect uh, and hope that we'll be um, looking at ways to better meet the needs um, that reflect the needs of my kids and not what some bureaucrat somewhere or some elected official somewhere uh, said was the only way I can do that. There is also, though, uh, a pair of bills, one coming out of the House, one coming out of the Senate uh, by Representative Welton and Senator Fillmore that are actively encouraging us to uh, be creative uh, with this. And, and they want us to say, hey, uh, we want you, if 
if you have a statute that is preventing you from doing some cool things, they want to know about it because they want to say, maybe we don't need that statute. Maybe there are some things that we're stopping that we don't want to. If you need board rule waived, we want to know about that. Let's get the board to waive that. And if you go through this little process that says you're going to be an innovation school, then that 35% doesn't have to end in two years. It can go on for quite a while because it turns out we genuinely want our schools to be innovative, to meet the needs of kids where they are instead of where somebody up here on Capitol Hill happens to think they are. I think it's great that they're offering that flexibility and even encouraging it by putting some fiscal flexibility in it. Right. You know, um, too often, I mean, we all understandably get frustrated by uh, the reports that dominate so much uh, of the day-to-day of, of teaching. And and those reports, almost all of them come from the fact that we restrict these funds. And so we need to demonstrate that we are meeting the needs of our kids in creative and beneficial ways so that we can go back to the legislature and say, hey, you know what, it turns out you're not getting anything for this. We're still meeting the needs of our kids, and even when we aren't required to uh, use the dollars these ways. We're going to meet the needs of the kids regardless, because that's what we do in public ed. <laughs> because we care about children. Heaven forbid. <laughs> Who forbid. knew? I know. Oh, goodness. Well, in talking about some of the money that schools need, um, let's talk about the curricular fees and where that bill went. Sure. So um, there's been a lot of talk over the last several years uh, about fees. I think it was clear three or four years ago that uh, everybody in public ed had not done their job as it related to fees. We were charging too many fees. We were charging too much. And the state board and the legislature came in and said, you know what, we're going to clean this up. And LEAs have done a good job. The next step in that will be uh, to eliminate curricular fees. And there was an expectation that that would happen this year. Representative Adam Robertson has been leading that effort for a couple of years. We have an estimate of how much is collected in those curricular fees. It's about $55 million a year across uh, all of public education. And if the legislature uh, is going to do away with curricular fees, they're going to replace that. It was clear when the budget came out that they did not set aside that $55 million or another 1.5% on the WPU for uh, to eliminate those fees. And so uh, that's going to happen another year. Um, It probably should happen. And the legislature, when it does happen, will replace that, as I say, with with, uh, an uptick in uh, the WPU. As I say, it'll probably be about 1.5% when that happens, but that won't be this year. As things wrap up, what other bills do we need to be watching? Well, uh, Representative Jefferson Moss um, has some legislation that, that allows schools. Uh, there's, It's got, I think, $60 million or so that says you can provide four additional uh, days of professional development to your teachers. They've been making tremendous sacrifices. Maybe they've been um, getting training for some time beyond the regular calendar year, the regular uh, school year. And we want to make sure that we're honing our craft. Um, and so they've put uh, an additional $64 million, 60, 64 million, I don't remember the exact number, uh, that it's going to be distributed to schools. Um, that'll just be based on your share uh, of teachers and counselors and so forth um, as a percent of, of the overall total. So everybody's going to get a chunk of change to provide up to four additional days. And and some schools may say we want to do it in two-hour chunks here and now and then later and, and another time. And others may say we want to do four consecutive days. 
But the goal is that in some ways this becomes uh, a thank you from the legislature saying, you know what, you guys have had a tough time and we want to make sure that uh, you're rewarded and we want to make sure that you get better at your craft. So uh, what happens down at uh, Moab Charter School may be a little bit different in terms of the training that they do, um, say, at uh, Mountainville, but you guys decide how you want to do that. What is it, the... um sensitive materials so looking the, like. Sure. <laughs> I, I said last week that uh, we should sort of treat the first draft of that bill like a boggart. It was genuinely worthy uh, of being laughed at. Um, it was a little bit nonsense, I think, to think that uh, a school which taught, say, the book of Genesis or Shakespeare, heaven forbid, would be liable for litigation. Representative uh, Ivory has uh, come back with a much more reasonable proposal, um, and it uses the existing um, statutory definition of pornography and says, thou shalt not use pornographic materials in uh, Utah's public schools, which seems pretty reasonable. Really hard for me to believe that's actually happening, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know if it's going to pass, frankly. Uh, but it did pass out of the House yesterday. Uh, it may pass the Senate. We shall see. If it does, then uh, schools will want to adopt a policy that says, here's how we're going to make sure pornography doesn't make it into our libraries. But uh, again, I don't think that that's really rocket science. Potter Stewart was right. We may not be able to define it really well, but we can tell it when we see it. Is there anything else we need to keep our eye on? You know, I think things are in, in pretty good hand. There will inevitably be some entertaining little skirmishes. We'll let you know if there are any of those little skirmishes happening. But for now, we're going to put a pause on the weekly edition of Climbing the Hill and encourage you to join us over at Charter School Conversations to continue receiving great information about Utah's vibrant charter school community.